Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the name of Numbers as we pick up in Numbers chapter 1, verse 1. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. This time, let's turn to the book of Numbers, so-called because twice in the book, the children of Israel were numbered. Once at the beginning of their 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, and then at their coming to the place of entering into the promised land. So in the two numbering of the children of Israel, this book got its name. And we're not going to belabor ourselves with all of the families and the numbers on an individual basis, but we'll be making some interesting comparisons showing you that the wilderness experience was tough, that not as many came out at the end of the 40 years as went into it. There was a population depletion during this period of time. It's like my little grandson a while back was saying, Grandpa, I want to stay at your house a long time. I don't want to go home. I want to stay at your house, Grandpa. And I said, well, I'd like to have you stay for a long time, William. Grandpa would love to have you just move in with him and just stay with him. And he said, great, Grandpa, because I'd like to do that because I don't want to go home. And I said, but why don't you want to go home? He said, it's tough living at home, Grandpa. (laughs) And uh, compared the way Grandpa treats him and all, I imagine it would be tough living at home. But uh, it was tough living in the wilderness, and the children of Israel suffered from the ravages of the wilderness. And we'll be making a quick comparison as we look at the numbers who went in and how many fewer came out of the end of that 40 years of wandering than went into it. So as we get into the book of Numbers, as I say, the uh, name of the book implies the two census that were taken. And beginning with verse 1, the Lord spake unto Moses in the wilderness of Sinai in the tabernacle of the congregation on the first day of the second month of the second year. Now the tabernacle was set up on the first day of the first month of the second year. So this is one month after the tabernacle had been established. And the Lord told him to take the sum of all of the congregation of the children of Israel and their families. And they were to number the men who were above 20 years of age, those that would be able to go to battle in case of warfare. So uh, not the children or not the women were counted in this census, but only those men who were above uh, the age of 20. Now, of the various tribes, there were chief men in each of these tribes. And in verse 17, And Moses and Aaron took these men, which were expressed by their names, and assembled all the congregation together. So these names of these men are expressive of the men. 
notice, which are expressed by their names. Now, all of the names actually had meanings in those days. They say that names today have meanings. You know, you find out that your wife is pregnant and you want to name the child, and so you go to a dictionary or something and you start looking at all the names and look at the meaning of the names. And uh, there are some names, though they have beautiful meanings, for certain reasons have never been used uh, for children to any great extent. I think of the name Lucifer, uh, son of the morning, really. It's a beautiful name, and uh, yet uh, it isn't a desirable name because of someone else who has already born that name. But with these men, their names were expressions. They were expressed by their names. So let's take a look at the names of these men. In verse 5, Eliezer is the first one, and Eliezer means, my God is a rock. In verse 6, Shalumiel, his name means at peace with God. In verse 7, Nashon means a diviner. In verse 8, Nathaniel means the gift of God. In verse 9, Eliab means my God is Father. In verse 10, Elishama means my God has heard. And then also in verse 10, Gamaliel means my God is a rewarder. And in verse 11, Abadan means, my father is judge. In verse 12, Ahizer means brother of help. In verse 13, Pagiel means event of God. Verse 14, Eliasaph means God addeth. And then the last guy, Ahira, doesn't have too good a name. His brother is evil. So he probably had an older brother that wasn't of too good a reputation, so he picked up the name, his brother is evil. So these are the 12 men who were to be more or less the captains or the leaders, the princes, over the various tribes. And so... Uh, the tribes are listed with their names, uh, and you can go back and look over, if you are so inclined, the tribe that each of these men represented and were princes over these particular tribes. So now we begin the numbering of the tribes. And of the tribe of Reuben, in verse 21... Of these adult males over 20 years of age, there were 46,500. In the second numbering, after the end of the 40 years, there were only 43,730. And so there was a diminishing of almost 3,000 men of the tribe. Of the tribe of Simeon, verse 22. Uh, of, their, of the number of Simeon, verse 23, were 59,300. At the end of the 40 years, there were only 22,200 
of the tribe of Simeon. It was more than halved. Of the tribe of Gad, 45,650. At the end of the 40 years, only 40,500, a loss of 5,150. Of the tribe of Judah, verse 27, there were 74,600. The tribe of Judah increased in the wilderness wanderings to 76,500. So it's one of the few that had an increase. In verse 29, Ishkar, 54,400. There was an increase of an Ishkar of almost 10,000. At the end of the wandering, there were 64,300. Of the tribe of Zebulun, 57,400. It increased to 60,500. Of the tribe of Ephraim, verse 33, 40,500. It was cut down to 32,500. And so a loss of 8,000 in the tribe of Ephraim. Of the tribe of Manasseh, 32,200, and it increased to 52,700. Of the tribe of Benjamin, 35,400, which increased to 45,600. Verse 39, of the tribe of Dan, uh, there were 62,700. They increased to 64,400. Of the tribe of Asher, 41,500, increased to 53,400. And so the total number of the men that they numbered, verse 46, were 603,550. And so those are the men above 20 years of age, those that were able to bear a spear and to go into war, who entered in to the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, and that whole generation died. Only two of those men were left to go into the promised land. The two were Joshua and Caleb, the faithful spies bringing the good report. Now the Levites and the tribe of the Levites were not numbered because they were not to go to battle. They were to not be counted with the number of the men of Israel, but they were to be appointed over the tabernacle to take care of the tabernacle and the vessels, and they shall bear the tabernacle and the vessels and shall minister unto it and shall encamp around about the tabernacle. And when the tabernacle goes forward, the Levites shall take it down. When it is to be pitched, there to set it up. The tribe of Levi had as its responsibility the taking care of the tabernacle, the moving of it, the setting up of it, and uh, the, of course, through Aaron and the priest, the services within the tabernacle. Now as we get into chapter 2, we find God arranges the camp of Israel around the tabernacle. Verse 2, Every man of the children of Israel shall pitch by his own standard with the sign of their father's house, or the ensign of their father's house, far off about the tabernacle of the congregation shall they pitch. So it is interesting as we get a picture in our minds of the 
great company of people that were moving through the wilderness. I don't know if there is any migration in history that actually parallels this particular migration as far as uh, the, the length of time in, in which the migration took place and the number of people that were migrating. But to get the picture of the camp of Israel, first of all, the center of the entire camp was the tabernacle, the place of meeting. And the cloud rested on the tabernacle during the day and the pillar of fire rested on the tabernacle at night. It is very significant that the tabernacle set right in the center of the camp of Israel because God was desiring to be at the center of the nation, the center of the hearts of these people, so that every man in Israel when he would get up in the morning and walk out of the tent door looking to the center of the camp, he would see the cloud there resting upon the tabernacle and he was reminded of the centrality of God among these people. Oh, how important it is that God is the centrality of a nation. When a nation is centered around God, that nation is destined for greatness. As long as there is that consciousness of God at the center of a people, there is always that potential for greatness. It is when people lose the centrality of the concepts of God and God is no longer the center of their life, God no longer is the center of the national life, then that nation is in decline. It is tragic indeed that where once God was the center of our nation and our nation was really founded upon God and our founding fathers sought to bring to the people a consciousness and awareness of God and the need of God in our national life. Printing on our coins, in God we trust, which is today become almost a hypocrisy because we've come to trust in the coins, in the money, rather than in God. But as you look at the Constitution and as you look at the Bill of Rights and as you listen to the words of the songs, the national anthem and all, we see how that they put God into the whole warp and woof of the national life of America. And as long as we had that centrality of God, our nation became strong. In the first public schools in the United States, the Bible was the textbook. They taught the children how to read out of the Bible. They taught them the ABCs out of the Bible. It was the first textbook, and in many schools, the only textbook. And now our courts have ruled that it is illegal to 
use the Bible in public schools except it be taught in a class of literature and, and any expressed faith or belief is illegal. How tragic. Where our nation was really founded with God at the center, we have moved so far. And it is no wonder that we see the national decline that we see today in proportion to our endeavor to put God out of the national life of America. In that same proportion that God is being pushed out, in that same proportion, we see our nation in a decline. The children of Israel had the tabernacle right in the center, and the whole camp was encamped about the tabernacle. It was the center of their national existence. It was the center of their national life. What a beautiful place. So, in chapter 2, we find out that they placed the tribes all around the tabernacle, beginning, first of all, with the tribe of Judah and Ishkar and Zebulun. Now, these tribes had for their ensign a lion, and they were encamped upon the east side of the tabernacle. And the color was green. The color of the flag of these tribes on the east side was green. The total of the camp of Judah, Ishkar, and Zebulun was 186,400 in their army. Now these were to set forth first. Then on the south side of the tabernacle was to be the tribes of Reuben, Simeon, and Gad. The ensign of this tribe had the face of a man. The distinguishing color of the flag was red, and they were camped upon the south side of the tabernacle a total of 151,450 in their armies. On the west side of the tabernacle were the tribes of Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin. Their ensign had on it the head of a calf, and the color of the flag was golden. The total number of the camp of Ephraim was 108,100. Then on the north side, the tribe of Dan and Asher and Naphtali. Their ensign was an eagle. The flag was red and white. And the total number of the tribe of Dan was 157,600. Now, with these ensigns, we have, first of all, a lion, the face of a man, and then we have the head of a calf and an eagle. What does that bring to mind? As we read the description of the cherubim, 
in Ezekiel and in Revelation, we realize that these were actually the faces that are on the face of the cherubims. The four faces of the cherubim actually represented in the ensigns of the camp of Israel. So you have the concept of the angels of the Lord encamping around about his people. God in the center, the tabernacle, the place of meeting God, but encamped around the people of God, the ensigns which are reminding of the cherubim how the angel of the Lord is encamped around about the righteous. And so again, even in the banners and in the ensigns was the reminder of the spiritual nature of these people. Now in chapter 3, God had Moses set out the tribe of Levi into three major families. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Numbers on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Numbers 1 through 3 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bless and guide your life. When those decisions have to be made, may the Lord give you a very strong impression to lead you into His path of righteousness, and may you experience God's power working in your life in a very special way. May the love of Christ just fill your heart and overflow. May you be His witnesses, a testimony to others by the love of Christ that shines forth from you. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. For years, Pastor Chuck was asked thousands of questions. This new guy that my mom married, he thinks that the Christian beliefs are foolish, and I was wondering if that's going to like affect my mom's walk. I'm a Christian. I'm trying to fight the addiction of smoking, and are those things going to keep me from going in the rapture? Is it okay to use your tithes and give it to someone who's going on a mission trip instead of giving it directly to church? 
The Word for Today is pleased to present an ebook called Biblical Counseling by Chuck Smith, listing over 200 topics that include Pastor Chuck's commentary and the scripture references he used. Topics include addiction, business relationships, depression, lawsuits, sexuality, training children, and so much more. To download the Biblical Counseling ebook by Chuck Smith, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link provided. Or you can call 1-800-272-9673.